This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Good morning, good morning. This is Pastor Callie um, with BPN Radio and Facebook Live. You know, I didn't think, wasn't thinking, because, you know, uh, President George H. Bush, Bush just passed away and his funeral's going on right now. So many of you are probably going to be watching that and you can watch this later and we're going to go back and watch that later. But I really honor him. I honor his family today. Um, what an amazing man he uh, is and was and has lived. What an amazing life he's lived. And so we just honor the Bush family today and all their contributions and all their service. Um, to America. God bless them. Lord, I just ask you to send angels to that family today. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to bless everything concerning that funeral. Let it just be more than just perfect, Lord. Let it be honoring. Let it be uh, encouraging to all those that are listening across this nation in Jesus' name. But today I want to, um, I've got Lisa with me and I'm so excited about uh, having her She is one of the pastors. Her and her husband, Pastor um, Fellowship of the Nations. It's a church uh, in Houston, North Shore area, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, Lisa uh, Brady and her husband just are doing an amazing work. We had the opportunity to go over there and be a part of an event with them and got to see their their church up close and personal. Uh, You can, you know, when you, it's kind of like going to someone's house. When you go to their house and you hang out with their family, you get to really get to feel of what they're really like. So I just really love this couple and Mm. I love what they're doing for Jesus. I love Lisa. I love what she's doing. Uh, She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a lover of Jesus. Most of all, she's a mama and a a grandmother and a wife and a pastor's wife. And those are a whole lot of titles, but really what she is, is an authentic Christian. And uh, I'm so happy to have you here today. And I just want you to just um, talk to us. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some subjects sometimes that I think all of us women deal with. Um, you know, we're because we are nurturers and we really want to please husbands and children and churches and jobs and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of roles we run. Uh, I think sometimes we we forget who we are and we. We're more about what we do other than who we are. So tell me a little bit about your journey, uh, Lisa, with learning to love yourself and just really uh, know who you are in Christ. Talk to me about that a little bit. Okay. Well, I was raised in a Christian home and um, both my parents were very involved in church. So we were literally there every time the doors were open. You've heard that expression before we had a drug problem you know we were drugged to church all the time but we we were there every time it was uh there was services revivals or whatever so I grew up with an understanding and a love for Jesus and a love for his word but um like like a lot of people I also grew up um because I felt uh, a sense of um that I had a lot of abilities and a lot of gifts to offer the Lord um I kind of learned very early to 
get my own needs met by getting the approval of other people. Yeah, it's a trap, isn't it? It's a total trap because what you do is you end up, um, all of your motivation for doing things is to win the approval of someone. Yeah. And that it's, it, you're, you're not even considering the fact that God is, has created us in such a way that he meets all of our needs. Right. That's what we're supposed to uh, depend on is him. And instead we come into the world with all this, um, all, you know, constantly asking for food or to be held or whatever. And the older we get, we start finding out what kind of uh, gifts we have and what kind of talents we have. And I learned that I could get the approval of people very quickly by just performing. I, I called it my tap dancing. I wasn't literally tap dancing, but uh, literally when I was a kid, my parents would have uh, friends over and all the kids would be in one room and I would be with the adults doing a Jackie Gleason impression or whatever, because I wanted to have their approval. Exactly. And so that was kind of how I grew up, did well in school, did well, got a scholarship to college. Um, Sometime around my junior year, I got a, I got a record deal with a Christian uh, label star song records. And um, I I quit college. I had almost a hundred hours. I quit college. And during that fall, uh, I met who would become my husband was Johnny Brady. And he was just a hundred. I mean, he was a hundred on everything. He was good looking. He was funny. He was smart. He he loved Jesus. And I always loved Jesus, but I always felt like um, my experience was about salvation and using my gifts to win the approval of others. I didn't, I I didn't uh, articulate it that way, but but that's what was going on. That's what it was. And so no matter what I did, um, I never really felt like I had complete approval from God even. And so um, went through a lot of stuff, you know, went through, had a, had a, 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 a years of an eating disorder and, and times where uh, doubt, a lot of self doubt, a lot of depression and had my babies during that time. And um, we're in the ministry together all this time, but I just never felt happy. And I, I kept thinking I'm supposed to, you know, experience some kind of joy and uh, in about 1996, um, we, I heard Cindy talk about this the other night. We went to the Pensacola Revival. Oh, y'all did? And I was from a Baptist church. Wow. <laughs> but I knew there was more. Right. I knew there was more. And I wanted more. And I wanted to, I wanted to understand more about who the Holy Spirit was. And uh, it was during that season that um, I had a real encounter with God. It happened at, in our church. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I got my prayer language, and I began to uh, kind of covertly operate in that, okay? And at the same time, I um, got a divine healing in 1996. I had had asthma for 17 years, and it was in and out of hospitals. Um, In four-year span, I was in the hospital 10 times. And um, here I was trying to raise these children and be a good pastor's wife, and I was sick all the time. And during that season, I also had realized I had some unforgiveness towards somebody. And I, and I grappled with it because what had been said and done to me was so hurtful. I wanted to, um, I wanted to forgive, but I knew they didn't care whether I forgave them or not. And for some reason, I wanted an apology. I think everybody comes wanting yeah. an apology. Right. And, um, as I gave myself more and more over to God and his Holy Spirit began to just daily take over my life, 
he really dealt with me about unforgiveness. And he said, you know, you need to forgive this person. And so he very specifically told me to bake this cake that this person loved and take it to them and, and ask for their forgiveness. Now they had hurt me. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) But so I go and I, I make this cake and I, I'm I'm kind of ashamed to say I drove around with that cake in my car for about four days uh, before I actually pulled in and gave it to him. So I don't know what condition the cake was in, but as I was walking up to the door, (laughs) this fresh apple, fresh apple cake. And as I'm walking up to the door, I heard God's spirit say to me, you need to take all the blame for this. Just own it all. And I was like, well, I didn't, do that. I didn't do anything. And he said, well, you know, do you want, do you want to be free or not? And do you want to be free? Because I didn't have any promise of reconciliation. So I go up and I give the cake and I, and I said, you know what? I just want to tell you, I'm sorry for the, what happened in our relationship. And I, I want to take responsibility for it. And, um, they said, okay, you know, thank you. Took the cake basically. And I left, nothing really changed in that relationship. Wow. But what happened to me was, I mean, I could have flown home without my car. I mean, I was like so free. It was such a joyful experience. And it, it kind of becomes like a drug. Like you just want to forgive everybody because you find out what the freedom is that comes sure. from give, give, forgiving. You. And two days later in my bed, in our home, I received my healing from asthma, which had been debilitating. I'd been on so much medication. And the Lord just said, you know, I'm healing you right now. And I, I remember waking my husband, Johnny, you know, the Lord's healing me. And he goes, baby, I know he's going to heal you. He's, he promised he's going to, he's like asleep. I said, no, he's doing it right now. And I didn't physically feel anything, but I knew instantly it had happened. And so we just got up and we worshiped the Lord and I completely stopped taking all my medication. I've never been to a pulmonologist. And you got completely I, I got completely healed. And I really felt like the set that point for that. Forgiveness, that act of forgiveness. It was everything. It was everything for Do me. You know, uh, Lisa, 90% of what we deal with when we counsel, um, maybe 99%, if the truth be known, the root of most problems is unforgiveness. Even, even when people act out, if you go back and you go to the root, when, you know, maybe they have an addiction. Usually you go to the root and somewhere someone wounded them. Right. And if you can release that forgiveness towards that person, then even the addiction can be conquered by, through the power of Jesus. Mm. In fact, let's, let's just pray right now. Lord, I just ask you, anyone that's listening today or that will get on this broadcast later that is suffering with unforgiveness, that's suffering with something, a wound, that they're just having trouble, trouble, trouble coping and letting it go. And it's in your mind too much. And you're thinking about it too much. And you're, you know, you, you know, yourself, you're, you know, the Bible, the Bible, we know ourselves, the Bible talks about not judging others. And the reason why is we have so much work to do on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to judge nope. anybody else. I really need to just work on Cali. So I just ask you, Lord, to reveal as we're doing this broadcast today, if there's any, any unforgiveness in the lives of the people that are watching reveal right now in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then right. give them the uh, determination and the grace to extend forgiveness mm-hmm. without an apology, without any uh, consensus that they did wrong, just because reconciliation to you is the most important. It is everything. And God. then reconciliation to man comes 
uh, as God would will it. And I just declare in Jesus' name that you are going to reveal to every one of us, anyone that we might need to extend forgiveness. When we think about the, the salvation, salvation, our salvation is all based on God wanting to forgive us. Mm -hmm. when we, and he didn't do anything wrong. Right. We did all the wrong, but he took all the blame. He took it all. You were actually more like Jesus in that moment. And, and the Lord told that to me one time when I was forgiving somebody. He said, well, Kelly, when you're forgiving somebody and you are extending grace and love, you are more like me than any other time. Mm. Think about that. Mm. That's why that healing came. You, yep. you opened up the windows of heaven did. over your life. Lord, we just forgive all those that have hurt us, that have wounded us, that have lied about us, that have talked about us. Um, we for, we extend mm. forgiveness because God, you forgave us when we didn't deserve it. We were guilty as charged and you stood and you walked cal down Calvary. You walked um, on earth. You literally died on the cross and, and then you rose again so that we could have freedom Thank again. Amen. 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 And you know, when Jesus talked about forg uh, forgiveness, you know, that you're to give not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Yeah, uh, it, it, I think that specifically for me, it, if you have someone in your life who, um, you know, it's one thing for someone to offend you or hurt you, and then they're gone out of your life and you never have to see them again. You forgive them and it's over. That one thing happened. Right. But when you have someone who is in your life, maybe they're in your family, maybe they're you know, a, a spouse, a child, a, a parent, and you have to Constantly. daily deal with the forgiveness. And it's, you set up your boundaries and you do the healthy things to protect your, your family life. and protect your life. But there's, there's still going to be that possibility that it's going to happen again. Well, yeah. You can't get rid of your mother or your dad <laughs> or your, your, your husband or your sister no. uh, or your kids that sometimes hurt you yeah. and, and we hurt them sometimes exactly so we've got to learn to live with them mm -hmm. in harmony in a state of forgiveness and that's the, where the real test comes it's a state of forgiveness it's not just that once saying it but it's this con continually because I, like i shared with you a little earlier i want to keep that pathway open between me and my father all the time and if this isn't right my, my, my wonderful father-in-law who pastored for 48 years used to say, if you're not right horizontally, you're not right vertically. So if you're not right with people, you can't be right with God and you're not going to hear his voice. You're not going to be in communion with him. Your intimacy is going to be broken. So I want to be intimate with him. And what I have learned just in the last several years, the last 15 or 20 years that we've been pastoring this church is that I can literally stay in the presence of God all the time. It's a choice and it's not easy and it's work, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Because we're dealing with our mindful and emotions. We're dealing with our flesh. Oh, we're man. dealing with our, uh, the rewiring of our own brains many times through, right. the, through the renewing of our mind with the word of God and uh, it's process. But if we stay with Jesus and we stay with the Holy spirit, he begins to change us. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I, my younger years, Lisa, I struggled with such a terrible temper. I mean, like terrible temper. Like I rage. Said, well, yeah, rage or, or just, just, I could just go. I mean, it didn't usually last long, but I could just lose my temper at a hat, at, you know, at the drop of a hat. And I can still lose my temper, but it takes so much more to get me there. Yeah. 
now. Like you don't want to get Callie to that place. No, where she's... <laughs> you don't. And I don't get there very often yeah, yeah, anymore yeah. because I just, uh, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has reworked parts yeah. of my personality he and, does. And, and helped me to learn how to, um, to deal with it and to release that frustration or mm-hmm. that anger or that feeling. Part of that was because I grew up the formative years of my life with mother and daddy that were alcoholics mm-hmm. and I had no control o- over my life. Right. And a lot of times when you have no control, you tend to over control. And so when something feels out of control, it can be very frustrating, whether it's bad or good or whatever. I don't like that feeling. Mm-mm. So I've had to work through and allow Holy spirit to heal me. He's still healing me in those areas. One of the things I think the true to me, the true um, pathway to wholeness is honesty before God, honesty before God, you allowed God to talk to you clearly Mm -hmm. and you just didn't question him. Mm -hmm. And you could have said, no, I'm not the one that did wrong. Why should I forgive? And this happens all the time. People argue with God, not a good plan to argue with God, but I think honesty before the Lord, if you're struggling with something, be honest before the Lord and he will give you a strategy for healing. He will. He tells us, um, you know, he, David said, Lord, you desire truth in the innermost parts and make me to know truth so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. So when you're, when you're that most transparent before him, which he knows everything anyway, but just acknowledging that he does and acknowledging that you need help in these areas and you know, that you're never arrived. You know, I was, I was reading in James, I was, I was thinking about when we go through, you know, that the scripture that says, um, uh, count it all joy when you go through various trials and temptations, mm-hmm. knowing that the trying of your faith works patience and let patience have its perfect work in you. Well, in the passion, it says in passion translation, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. And I, I never really thought about difficulties benefiting me in any way. Like I don't, none of us want pain. We don't want no. to have any sort of, we don't, we don't want any roadblocks to our agenda for one thing. We don't want a red light. <laughs> we don't want to break a nail. We don't want anything that's going to keep us from, you know, tackling our day and having our list of things checked off. I'm a list person. Mm-hmm. I can't get anything done without a list. And so, um, but when you see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can for, you know, that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So to become perfect and entire, lacking nothing, I always used to read that and I'd go, well, I'm never going to be perfect. But the endurance that, that is a natural outcome of difficulty and, and letting God do it, whatever he's got to work through that in me, to allow him to do it, it's kind of like I just put my gloves down and just, and not that he's going to beat me up, but I'm just going to allow him to do, like it's like kneading bread or something. Mm-hmm. Like it, you're going to lean into it. You're going to have to. And, yeah. and, and, and that it's, it's painful sometimes, but he's promising us right here that when your faith is tested, it will stir up power within you to endure all things. And I'm like, I mean, and I, like, I haven't gone through what you've gone through. I, I didn't have alcoholic parents. I had parents who loved the Lord, but I've been a pastor's wife for 18 years. And I've, you know, 
I got, I got hurt by somebody in the church one day, something they said. And one of our overseers said, sheep bite. And they hurt. It hurts when a sheep bites you, you know, and to love, to love the sheep and to love people in whatever state they come to you. And they're going to walk in here and broken and yeah, hurt people, hurt people. They do. And that's just a, a natural part of it. So even to, to learn how to, um, even though I haven't gone through a lot of the things you've gone through, the stuff that I have gone through, I know was by God was just sort of perfectly sovereignly designed to induce and to create the life of Christ and the character of Christ in me. Yeah. That pressure, it's like the birthing process. That baby has to go down into that birth canal and the, the lap right before that baby's born is the hardest pressure, right? the hardest pressure, but think about every area in your life that has fruit in it. This really helped me. Every area that has fruit in it, I've been through a lot of trouble and pain and I allow Jesus, every area that I'm still struggling for fruit, I haven't acquiesced to the pain. Are either allowed resisting, God, yeah, resisting, still God, resisting a little working yeah. in my life in that area. So it, there, it's so true. And, you know, um, you look at someone that maybe had alcoholic parents or went through a lot, but listen, life doesn't, it doesn't matter. If you live life long enough, you're going to hurt. You're going to, you're going to get hit by, gonna you're going to get hit by one too. Yeah. At some point you're going to, your life is going to feel like, Oh God, well, <laughs> this, this is, I didn't, I didn't want this. I didn't plan for this, but the good news is Jesus is the answer. And you know, here's, here's another thing, Lisa, I love is a lot of times trouble or a problem will reveal areas like the other day, me and my son who's home, who's just got home from, um, uh, Korea. Oh, wow. Um, we had an argument and we were, we were battling it out, you know, because our personalities are somewhat similar. At the end of that argument, we were both hugging and crying. And, you know, we, there yeah. was some real, um, I, I, I realized some things about myself mm-hmm. that he needed, that probably nobody could have told me but him. He realized some stuff about himself that nobody could have told him but me. Wow. Because he would have probably, you know, decked them. Mm-hmm. But it was it was powerful. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the struggle caused the beauty. Oh yeah. And, and it wouldn't it, have happened. And it wouldn't have happened without us having this like, you know, little tussle that we went through for about 20 minutes. And you know, he said some pretty tough things to me. It wasn't disrespectful. He just gave me his and his viewpoint was right. The part of the the part that was really tough was he was right. Yeah, Al. He, he was right. That's when you say Al. He was right. And so, and then I got, gave him some stuff that I watched him. I watched his face go. Well, you're you're right. <laughs> you know. And sometimes we get into these situations where they really hurt, but for the moment, God is just trying to expose to us the areas that are keeping us from being perfect and entire right he he wants us to be perfect and entire he wants us to walk in freedom because he already sees us that there way. i mean yeah. that's how the the finished work of the cross we're already there you know and the way our the way my father sees me i want to have his lenses like i want to have his lenses because i know when i begin to see myself the way he sees me i'll just line up with that 
and I'll begin to walk in that and I'll begin to be an overcomer in those areas that I've always said, I'm never going to, I'm never going to overcome this. I mean, you know, we were talking about food a little earlier and like how much we love food. I come from this Cajun background, you know, and uh, I I just did my DNA and I found out that I have, um, that my, my mother's side, they came from France to Nova Scotia and that's where the Acadians began. And then they came down to New Orleans. It showed it like in 1700s or whatever. And it just shows that migration. And I thought, you know, I've always heard that I was, that I had that in my, my background, but uh, and you know how people make excuses for why they have a temper or whatever they'll yeah, say, you know, well, well I'm Irish. It was a ship temper, you know, the ship temper. Yeah. And or, or, I'm, I've got that Irish blood in me. I can't help it or whatever, but mine was just like, it's just the flesh. It's just, it's just, it's just Adam, you know? And, and I think that's true for all of us. We have to contend with our flesh on a daily basis and we have to make it submit and bow its knee to the authority of Christ in our life. And that flesh is so stinking strong in me. I mean, like it is a daily battle. And I look at some people that who are like dealing with like horrible addictions and, and, you know, they end up in jail and they are, or they end up, you know, committing suicide or murder or whatever. And I think that can never be me, but left to my own devices without the intervention of God in my life, I would probably be on death row because I thought the thoughts, you know, and you know, that the thought becomes a motivation and it festers. And, and so learning how to take every thought captive and make it o- obey the will of God is like a, it's everything for me. I really want to encourage, um, those of you that are listening that are, you know, struggling, you know, listening to me and Lisa talk and, you know, like, yeah, I struggle with that. Or I've had, here's the deal for me. It's just real simple. It's just, it's it's just as simple daily prayer and eating this word, Mm -hmm. eating this word. It, it, it keeps you from being crazy because anything that's not godly is not godly is a crazy thought. And they may not be, an actual, what we call a crazy thought, but if it doesn't line up with this word and it doesn't line up with the character of Christ, it's a crazy thought. It's a, it's a, it's a thought that will lead you to destruction. Um, I'll find myself sometimes in prayer, Lisa, and I'll come up, we have prayer at noon here and I'll come up and, and maybe I'm stressed out about something. I'll just start praying in the spirit and just worshiping God. And I have literally felt my brain clear up like my thoughts clear up and strategically God show me how to deal with something or how to deal with somebody or how to talk to one of my children or how to handle something at the church the answer just comes the answer comes Mm -hmm. it's like God clears up my brain and that's why the enemy fights so hard to keep us from being prayerful to keep us from learn and I'm not talking about just daily reading okay I've read my three my three verses or my 10 chapters today that's not going to change you what's going to change us change you and I is getting on a verse and just just eating it consumption consumption yeah meditating on it and then you know if you're having trouble with your temper look up every scripture there is about a temper yeah and begin to declare i am i'm not a woman that loses my temper i am you know i i I walk my god's precepts i i am i am not easily um you know just sparked off into hysteria right but you know you begin (laughs) 
You have to call those things that are not as though they are. <laughs> yes. My kids are like, quote that mother, quote that mother. <laughs> Keep calling oh that scripture, mother. But, <laughs> yes, Lord. You know, the we thing agree. is, we all battle with some sort of, you. everybody's got a blind side. Oh, yeah. And if you can, you know, and usually it's your family that is going to be able to tell you what, because well, look, we get out in public, we go to church, we, you know, we're not going to act crazy. I'm not going to go out to the Mexican food restaurant and lose my mind. I'm not, I promise. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lose my temper or say something I shouldn't say, or, you know, you tend to let your guard down with the people that love you the very most. Right. But that we should be careful. Yeah. And that's where God has really been over the past few years, transforming my life to, I want to be a Christian, not only in the public square, mm -hmm. but I want to be a Christian behind closed doors where people really know you, where people know me the best. Yeah. And, and, and I want them to hear me say, I'm sorry. And yeah. I want them to hear me say, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I want them to that see wrong. that I'm really working to fix that because see, that's where I believe that's where authenticity comes with our children and our people. They just need to see us be authentic. If, yeah. if we can be authentic, they're going to come around. Exactly. My kids always knew that I wasn't perfect, that Jesus was perfect, mm -hmm. but mama wasn't. Right. I'm always made that clear. And the church isn't perfect either. And the saints aren't perfect. No. And there's no pastor. There is no perfect pastor. There's no perfect Sunday school teacher. There's no perfect minister. Every, we're all a work in progress. But this thing called forgiveness it's big. It's big. And really the only way to do it is to be prayerful yeah. and intimate with Jesus because in our flesh, we don't want to forgive. We want to, we want revenge. You know, a, a friend of, uh, of mine, a woman that mentored me for years, she, she once said that um, God doesn't have favorites, but he does have intimates. And it's because the person who longs to be intimate with him, he will be intimate with you. Yeah, you pursue so a relationship with him. He, he says, if you, you will seek me, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Yes. So find, if, if that is your desire to know him and to know his word, all you have to do is say, I want to know you more. God I doesn't want to pursue have favorites. He has, has intimates. intimates. And that's, you know, you, it's that way with a child. Uh, I have 12 grandkids and they all love me, but you know, you let now, now that Violet's here, she's the same way. But if, if on Sunday morning, Callie Ann comes in that back door, comes to the front door. Same way with someone with Violet now that she's back from Korea. It doesn't matter. She's dropping everything, no matter what she's, she's doing. Coming for and you. She's coming for me. Mm -hmm. And she is going to love me and tell me she loves me. And then she's going to go back to do it. And that alone will draw you to a child. Yeah. And it's not that I love her any more than the others, but she is just, she adores She me. loves you yes. more, maybe. So <laughs> at the end of the day, um, he doesn't have favorites. He will do for you what he's done for me, what he's done for Lisa, what he's done for countless others, but we just need to be, and listen, when you've made a mistake, don't let the enemy drive you away from the church or from prayer. The only way to overcome is to go back into the intimacy with the father. You know, the devil would love to separate us from mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. and make us feel guilty and shame and hide. And that's not going to solve anything. Run to God. Go deeper. Yeah. You know, uh, I, my, my husband is, uh, he's just known everywhere to just be the most loving person you'll ever meet. He, he, he taught me very early on in our marriage that love never fails. 
Um, and of course, that's, you know, in the word of God, but uh, someone could be hateful to him or, or speak evil of him and he would just love them. And, and he even there was one guy that was uh, real upset with him for a while. And we would walk into a restaurant and they would be there and him and his family would get up and leave, you know, and uh, it was over something real silly. But my husband began to like look for him places and we saw him in store one night and he just made a beat and the guy was trying to get away from him and he just cut him off and just put his arms around him and told him, I mean, he's just, that's the person he is. And I'm more like a uh, uh, check you later. You don't want to yeah. be my friend. Bye. You know, yeah. and he, that's how I was. And he has taught me how to love people. So the other day we went to this Mexican restaurant and uh, we've been during the week and it's great, but we went on a Sunday and uh, we just had terrible service. And like we had been there almost an hour. We still, if you can't get your Mexican food in an hour, you know, is it really, is yeah. that okay? Yeah. So we, so it was almost an hour. And um, then they finally brought us something and it was wrong. And then they brought, they brought him, they brought me something and it was wrong. And I kept saying, let's just go, let's just go. And he said, I'm willing to wait it out if you were are. And I was like, I'm not willing. I'm not even hungry anymore. Let's go. And he had on this shirt that said, love God, love, <laughs> love God, love people. And I kind of wanted him to go, Hey, do y'all not realize we've been sitting here for almost an hour and we, you brought me the wrong enchilada or whatever, you know, we kind of wanted to get like frustrated with people. And, but that was kind of like, like a reminder that everyone's doing the best they can. People are going to let you down. People are going to hurt you. People are going to disappoint you. But when you let love be the motivation for everything you say and everything you do and all your interaction with people. When love is just like the lens that you look through, like he looks like God looks at us with that kind of love, then you really can eliminate just like almost all conflict. And it's a choice. I read somewhere one time that um, uh, if you want to know how someone really is on the inside, watch how they treat their help. Mm. Watch how they treat the waiters, and mm-hmm. the, so that that kind of because my personality, I can I can be bark orders. I can get so um, mm-hmm. project oriented that I forget yeah. about people. Sometimes I've had yeah. to work on that in my life because I'm a lover of people. Yeah, but when I'm in a work mode, it's yeah. not always I got a job to do. Yeah, I, I got I, a job to do. So, but that doesn't give you an excuse. Right. It doesn't give you. So God's dealt with me a long time on just being conscious. So we started going to this Mexican restaurant that I've been going to forever. And I got this one girl and her whole family works there and I love them so much. They've waited on me for years and, you know, um, just, I've always been one to say you give good tips and just love right. them. Now they all come to church. Lisa. Oh yeah. We have a lot of them too. They all come to church. Isn't that and I'm wonderful? Like, That's oh, so awesome. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> what, what would their eternity be like if you hadn't treated <laughs> them? If I hadn't treated them <laughs> right. right. And I'm like, what if I would have, you know, cause not every time I got exactly what, you know, they'd make, one right. time she was bringing, we laughed so hard. One time she's bringing me a chicken. It's a roasted chicken and she's running so hard. The chicken flies off <laughs> and, and we just, we, it was just the funniest thing. I said, pick up the chicken. I'll eat it. Five second rule. Let's go. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. We really need to be focused on people. People are the most important things. Jesus died for relationship. Oh, he did. He didn't die because he was right, trying to prove he was right. He exactly. died for relationship. How important is relationship? I heard one guy say one time, I love ministry if it wasn't for people. <laughs> I'm like, no lie. Yeah. Well, I get it. I mean, yeah. I understand because it can be frustrating. Yeah. Because you deal with lots of different crazy things. I know. I mean, when you deal with people, you're going to deal with some crazy. <laughs> but, 
part of it. I know. I'm, after we started our church, uh, we we thought, you know, you have a concept in your mind of what, what it's going to look like and who's going to be in it and what kind of people and what kind of, you know, music or style yeah. of ministry. And so in our mind, that's what it was going to look like. But God just laughed, you know, he just laughed at our plans and he laughed at our, not our vision because our vision was to win souls and make disciples, but he laughed at our idea of what it was going to look like. And he just flipped it over and he just said, guess what? I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to be something you don't expect. It's going to include people that you would never go after probably. And it's going to be hard. So just brace yourself. I mean, if I had known at the time that it was going to be hard. I wouldn't have done it. I, I, I talked to my mother about six months, my mother-in-law about six months in. She'd been a pastor's wife for all these years. And I said, Nana, why didn't you tell me it was going to be this hard? She said, because you wouldn't have done it. And you needed to do it because you needed to obey God. So it is hard. It's hard. It's hard to, to let broken people. Yeah. And uh, And when you're broken yourself and you're not really you really don't have your stuff together because you haven't really learned everything you need to learn and you haven't been walking in obedience in some areas and you're still trying to tap dance and get everybody's approval, then you really can't love broken people. And uh, of course we're all broken, but you know, this is what I like to say. One day I was telling my mother about something that was going on in our church. It was just a horrific thing that had happened to a family in our church. And she said, Oh, that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen at my church. She's from a little town, you know? And I said, Mom, it does. You just don't hear about it because money hides things. Like when you have uh, resources, you can hide your stuff a lot mm-hmm. easier. But when you're uh, in a poor or a economically challenged demographic, you have nothing's hidden. Nothing's hidden. Everything is just this is what you get when you when you know. And, and they walk in, and and if they know they're loved transformation can begin to happen when they recognize how powerful God truly is and that their love, no matter what they've been through, no matter what they've done, transformation begins to happen. And we have seen God do signs and wonders in our midst with people who were involved in the cartel and were involved in, um, you know, terrible things, everything you can imagine everything you can imagine people that I never thought that I would have relationship with are some of my best friends now. And I love them with all my heart because now I see the body of Christ has and see, and I I think that it's, I think it should be like that everywhere, but I I wasn't, I mean, I was raised in a really tight buttoned up, perfect looking world. Listen, Demons are no respecter of persons. And sometimes the wealthy and the, the put together neighborhoods have some of the, were strongholds because they are hidden and it is it's you know the pigs dressed up but right. it's still a pig nonetheless and um you know there's there, there it's amazing what god can do when we just say okay lord yeah I, i'm called to this church i'm called to this area and we lay down our thoughts and we just follow his leading yeah. what is he telling us and what you know and he'll show us what it's going to look like mm-hmm. and it, most of the time it doesn't look like what we plan mm-hmm. because god yeah. wants to do exceedingly abundantly above um i want to do a, a few what how, how long are we 1046 okay i want to do a, a few prophetic words here today um the first one i want to call out is Jana williams 
And of course, Jana, I know you and I know some of the things that you have been faced with, but here's what I hear the Lord saying to you today, that, that it truly is a new season in your life and that God is going to pour in oil and wine. And in the next six months, it's going to be a lot of healing and restoration. And I hear the Lord telling you um, to rest, just to rest and receive his love, rest and receive his love. Uh, your path will be made clear. Uh, don't try to make anything happen. Just rest and receive his love. And he is going to, um, he is going to uh, blow your mind mm-hmm. with the newness that he's going to bring into your life and into your family. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you. Debbie uh, Duda, I love you so much. You're a part of our church family. Um, I see God working in your children in such a powerful way, uh, even more than what you even realize. Your prayers are making a difference. I see God working in Ricky. I see God uh, working in your life. You're going to see answers to a lot of prayers in 2019. God is um, hearing you and you will see the victory. That's what I hear the Lord saying. You will see the victory. If you feel anything, you're more than welcome to say. Um, Also, Heather, 2019 is a year of um, of vision and clarity for you. Vision and clarity. God is restoring your vision. Uh, I, I see where you've just been in the cloud, and God is actually healing something in your physical mind. He is healing something in your physical mind, and you will never suffer with that again. Uh, that is the promise of the Lord to you. Yes. He is healing something you, in your physical mind. Michelle Key, I hear the Lord saying, do not stress, walk in faith. Um, you are going to be fine. He is uh, taking care of you. Nothing, nothing will separate you from his love and his blessing. Um, let me see here. Um, Chris Soto. Uh, the hand of God is on you to do great exploits. Uh, this is the year of the new, the new pathways, the new direction. Uh, do not be fearful going into 2019. God is going to speak to you some things that seem way un- unbelievably like you couldn't do it. Well, that's that's why it's God, because he can do it, and he's going to do it through you. Amen. So, amen. Um, I want to speak to... I don't know who it is, but um, it's someone whose child is away from the Lord, from the Lord and uh, may not even know the Lord, but they're, they're out of your umbrella of protection. Uh, I want you to know that God has promised to bring your child back. Yes. And um, I stand with you in agreement that the Lord will do what he has promised and fulfill uh, all of the purpose for that child's life. The calling and the gifts of God are without repentance. They don't go away just because someone's in disobedience. They're kept in that vault. They're kept in safety for God's perfect plan when it comes forth. And so whatever you prayed for your child when they were little to believe that they were going to do for God, um, it's going to come to pass. It is going to come to pass. What you need to do is you need to stay uh, in a place of peace in your heart and constantly joyfully rejoicing and thanking God now for what he is going to do in your child's life Uh, and not be, don't be moved by what you see in the human understanding, whatever you see that looks chaotic or looks contrary to God's will, just continue to stay in peace because 
God is performing, he will perfect that which concerns you. And it requires a lot of moving parts and a lot of people are involved. And it's not just that one person that he's dealing with. And what he's doing in you as a parent, don't dismiss that because he is getting you ready for testimony. He's getting you ready to declare God's goodness because of what he's going to do in your kid's life. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lisa. That's beautiful. Uh, I was walking a couple of days ago. Maybe it was today, Wednesday. Yeah, it was yesterday in prayer. Told Cindy this later. I was walking in the sanctuary and I heard the Lord say, "Um, I'm going to sovereignly move in this place. And I'm like, that caught me off guard. I'm going to sovereignly move and just receive that. And I'm like, okay. And so as I was sitting here, I told Cindy later last night, I said, he's going to sovereignly move. It's not about anything we've done, even though we've tried to do everything we could. It's, he's going to sovereignly move in our church and, and bring real another level of revival. I really mm-hmm. believe it. I heard the mm-hmm. Lord say it. I hear the Lord saying to you, he's going to sovereignly move in your families. You've prayed, but it's not about your prayer. Listen, we can't pray enough to make God move. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, he's God. Now, when we pray, he answers and he does move. But we we can't strong arm God to do anything. God does what he wants to do. And he does what is good because he is a good God. But I hear the Lord saying he's going to sovereignly move in your families. Sovereignly move. And it's going to be so powerful. You're not even going to be able to comprehend the blessing. It's going to come fast. It's going to come furious and it's going to be just so uh, joyful. I see you laughing, crying, jumping, singing, saying, my God, you have sovereignly moved in my family. And I see God sovereignly moving. This is the, this is the Christmas present that he is bringing to us that we will enter into 2019, seeing God's sovereign hand in the lives of our children, our family, our churches, I pray for every family that's on today, every woman, every man, every family that's represented that listens to this broadcast. And I declare in the name of Jesus that what I heard yesterday, we are hearing today that you were sovereignly moving in our families and that children are being saved that have been locked up for years and that families, marriages are being put back together that are in disarray and healing is coming in every area represented, every need, every cry of every woman that's logged onto this broadcast. God, you are sovereignly moving and we just give you the praise and the glory for it. Amen. Amen. You know, I was thinking for those of you who are control freaks, because I've been a control freak and a perfectionist, and it's such a trap. I want you to remember that when you think you're in control, you're still not in control. Even when you think you're moving, you know, the the chess pieces around, you're still not in control. God is sovereign. He does what he wants when he wants to do it. He is all powerful. He is everywhere. He's where you can't be. And he is in every situation that you are hanging, thinking that you're hanging on to, if you will let go of it and open your hand, you will experience not only peace, but you'll experience God's, you'll get to see the sovereign move of God. I was reading and this, this, I was telling you about, uh, you know, when I was wanting to get my joy back, I, I began to read scriptures about joy and they all included something about being in the presence of God because in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And it says right here, you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. And I was reading in this note down here, and it says that there is no word 
in Hebrew for presence, that it literally means, it says, there's no Hebrew word for presence. When the psalmist wanted to speak of God's presence, he used the Hebrew word for face. Wow. So as you sit and you get in the face of God and he sees your face and you see his face, you're going to begin to experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you're going to be able to tackle every day and every punch that the enemy gets. You're going to be able to just like block it every time, block those strikes that he tries to give you because the word of God is so powerful to protect us from the enemy and to give us the joy, just being in his presence releases joy and it's not happiness because happiness is about our our happenings our circumstances which that can change in a heartbeat you know you can get a headache and your happiness is over you know you can get a flat tire and your happiness is over but joy is a well it's just a constant wellspring and it transcends happiness and so the things that you're struggling with and you're and you're, you're you're just anxiously wringing your hands I would just encourage you to release that to the Lord. Yes. Let it go. Yes, yes. Let it go. You cannot control yes. it. You can't move God. He is going to move yes. when he is ready. I, I, somebody says, you know, God's never late. He's always on time. I said, he's never early. I've never known him to be early. <laughs> I really would like for him to just like surprise me and go, hey, here I am. I did it before you thought. But he's, but, but in his time, his ways are higher than our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth. So so distant are his ways from our ways. So don't expect God to move. Don't, don't get the idea that a sovereign move of God includes your plans or your ideas of what God will do yeah. because he is all about surprise he is. and doing it his way. He and is. guess what? Ultimately he wants to get the glory and he will get the glory. And he, you know, if, if, if we could get it, it would, all, it would be all about us and it won't be something that sustains and is eternal. We want eternal we want eternal stuff to happen in our church and in our lives and in our families. So many of these churches, and, and I, we've done it too. We've read all these accounts of God moving sovereignly in regions and countries and prayer. Of course, prayer is always a part of every oh, yeah. movement. We know you, God's not going to move where there's not people praying. Right. Prayer is always a part of it, but there's no formula for a mighty move of God. We try so hard. We try so hard. We read accounts and we think, okay, I'm going to apply this formula. Really, we have to, like, like Lisa said, it's about intimacy, trust, and release, peace. And then God sovereignly moves. He moves in our families. He moves in our, in our churches. He moves in our regions, our cities. Lord, I just thank you for what you're mm, doing. Thank I thank you, you for Lisa. Uh, we're going to post, Lisa's written, uh, Lisa's a writer. So we're going to post her blog, how to find her blog on this. We're going to post about her. uh, She's got a fiction book she wrote. That's fabulous that we're going to post so that you can find some of her stuff. And then where your church is, your church is, tell them where your church is at. It is located in, on the east side of Houston, 13305 Wood Forest Boulevard. Okay. Uh, And um, we're just, Right at the corner of Uvalde and Wood Forest. Laura, if there, if you're in that area and you're looking for a church, this is a fabulous place to go. It's a wonderful, wonderful pastors. They love God's people. And uh, so if you're looking for a church, that's that's where you need to go and, and check it out. Sunday morning mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock? Or? 1030. 1030. Okay. Yep. And um, you'll be hugely blessed. But we love you so much. I pray you have a wonderful day. And may God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Amen. Have it all, Lord. 
For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.